This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 7 is brought to you by I-G-U-S. My fellow Americans, you represent the highest percentages of my YouTube channel, my blog, and every podcast I've ever done. But as you know, in terms of pure Forex trading platforms, our pickings were very, very slim. And out of those slim pickings, I did not feel comfortable enough promoting any of them. That was until IG came along and started up their own United States subsidiary. They had a lot of regulations and compliance they had to deal with and are still dealing with it. Thankfully, they are on the downside of that. And you guys were all very patient. You understood the process. Many of you got on board. And the satisfaction rate has been awesome. So in the show notes, I'm going to link you to the blog post for this, which gives you updates on everything. Uh, for those of you who like TradingView, it should be there by August. Very exciting. And the cash back promotion has returned, at least until October 31st. So all of the details you will ever need and my affiliate link is going to be on that blog. Check it out below. If you are looking for a Forex broker or a new Forex broker or a second Forex broker, IGUS is the one I stand behind. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and we're talking cryptocurrencies today, and one in particular that I am quite excited about. So for those of you who don't know, I chronicle all of my cryptocurrency buy-and-hold investments on the blog, and there's a particular blog post where I do that. I will link it down below in the show notes, and I really did this against my better judgment because there will be people who use this as kind of their own signal service, so they're just going to go when I go, and as you all know... Those of you who've been with me for a while, that's something I really, really can't stand. I try to set you guys up to do all of this yourself. On top of that, if I pick a crypto that's not doing well, there's going to be people asking me about it and boohooing about it. And that's something I and most people just don't want to deal with. Just like trading, investing is the same. There's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. The important thing is you come out on top in the end. Uh, now, in general, how do you do that? Well, either you get in early or you get in when everything is at a deep discount like it is right now. From there, you take profit when you're supposed to take profit, which is when your investments are doing really well, and they hit your predetermined take profit levels. Then, if you experience another big drop in price, you will have some dry powder to either get back into the market and participate in some of those investments you missed out on, or to add on to your current positions if you want. It's the name of the game. Those of you who've been with me also know that I entered cryptocurrencies right about late 2019, early 2020, uh, which doesn't seem like I was early, but in the overall timeline of crypto, I actually was. Um, so overall, I've done well, um, but there are a lot of positions that I missed out on. And I put those positions down on the blog saying, hey, these are my next ones in. And by the time I had enough dry powder to come in and enter those positions, they had already ran away from me. Uh, now, I'm sure this has also happened to many of you. And I'm sure the inner monologue in your head was, hey, if I can just get that one nice big pullback, if I can just get that one nice price drop to where price comes back to the levels I was looking at before, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm going to make sure I participate in some of these investments I missed out on because I regret not getting into them the first time. Well, here we are. Most of these cryptocurrencies are 50 to 80% off of their highs. And admit it, when they were at their highs, you were probably still interested in getting in. You might have been priced out, but you thought about it. 
And so now that we're right in the middle of this huge pullback, you're getting cold feet. You're not excited about these things as you once were. How come? I think I know the answer, uh, but I'm going to cover this in the next episode. Uh, We are here to talk about Polkadot today because Polkadot was at the very top of my list in cryptos that I wanted a part of, uh, but had not entered yet. So why is this contrarian? Well, Polkadot was one of the darlings of the recent bull run. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It's the place where everybody wanted to be. You know, for a lot of DAP builders, Polkadot was where they wanted to build. Either Polkadot or Polkadot and Ethereum both. Um, But now that price has dropped the way it has, all of a sudden nobody wants in anymore? Uh, I don't think so. I certainly want in. Now let me explain my reasoning for this. Um, So I am not like all up Michael Saylor's ass like a lot of people are, Um, but he said something really interesting. I couldn't find the exact clip, but I found something close, and I'm going to link that down below in the show notes too. It's from George's channel at Cryptos R Us, and I'll even timestamp the part I'm talking about. Um, But Michael Saylor kind of divided cryptocurrencies up into four different quadrants, all right? And he compared it to being able to buy up parts of New York City, like man, like downtown Manhattan, like the really ritzy parts, back in the early 1900s, when there wasn't a whole lot there. So he said the first quadrant was uh, your Bitcoin. You know, that's like buying land in downtown Manhattan in the early 1900s. All right, then the buildings were more like your um, your blockchains, like your Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, Solana, things like that. Um, then the actual companies that go inside the buildings are more like your DEX platforms and all your other you know cryptos that do you know a specific thing and are hosted on these blockchains. And then the fourth quadrant was the actual currency that goes back and forth, which is more your stable coins. Um, and I thought this was really good, uh, especially the stable coins. I don't like it when people say that we're going to be transacting with Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and things like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give you something that might go up a lot. You know, if I if I have to pay you in crypto, I want to give you stable coins. You know, I want to give you my shitty fiat that has a very small chance of going up. Now, equating Bitcoin to land, I'm a little sketchy on that comparison, but I see where he's going with it. He's pretty much saying Bitcoin's going to be the one that lasts the longest. And while companies come and go, and even over time, buildings come and go, the land stays there for a lot longer. You know, the land stays there forever, really. Uh, But I really did like his buildings analogy. And that's where the blockchain companies come in. And right now, it really is a three or four horse race in terms of the first movers when it comes to blockchain companies. And out of those four horses, so you have Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, and Solana, there's really only two right now that everybody wants to be on, and that's Ethereum and Polkadot. Now, if you're more bullish on Solana right now, that's fine. Go buy some. It's also discounted. Um, But I missed out on Polkadot when it was at right about $5, and I never thought we'd even come close to seeing those numbers again. So I am shooting this on a Wednesday instead of my normal Friday-Saturday because I have weekend plans, but uh, as of Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, Polkadot is sitting at right about $12.50, and uh, it had dipped below 11 this week. And so now it is not only on my radar, it is at the top of the list when it comes to what is on my radar. Now, in terms of how something ends up on my radar, and then when I choose to enter 
afterwards. This is something I'm going to cover next week. I think it makes more sense for next week's episode, and I think you guys will agree once we get there. Uh, But allow me to continue to state my case for Polkadot uh, if I have not done so already. Uh, So if you have not seen the blog post yet, I've already been in Ethereum and Cardano, missed out on Polkadot, and then Solana has kind of come in, you know, charging hard and fast in the last maybe six months. You, know, you do have that next tier down, like Elrond and things like that. I know they exist. I'm just not interested in those yet. I want the big boys. I want the big first movers. I want things that have projects going on right now. And Polkadot does. Here's the thing. Polkadot's high was just under $50. Polkadot is currently sitting at $12.50 as I shoot this. When things like this happen, and this is in anything that we discuss, so metals, oil, cryptocurrencies, all of it, when they drop, especially to this magnitude, you must ask yourself one very important question. How much have the fundamentals changed? The price of Polkadot, off of its high, has dropped 75%, give or take. Have the fundamentals dropped off that much? Have the fundamentals dropped off at all? I would argue that they have not. Polkadot is still where a lot of companies want to be. It's where a lot of companies are. Uh, they remain very active. Uh, they just inked, a, it was an indirect deal, but a deal with Facebook about a week or two ago, uh, which is not great for decentralization, but is good for Polkadot. And as investors, that's what we care about. Uh, you have the parachain auction coming up in August. I mean, things are still happening just like they were before. The momentum has not stopped on the fundamental side. So there is every reason to be excited about a project like this. Only instead of $50, you were able to get it at 12 To paraphrase Rick Rule, arithmetically, uh, from a pure math standpoint, it, it is about four times as attractive as it once was before. So in my view, the price has dropped about 75%, but the fundamentals have dropped about 0%. I don't care if it's going to fall further. I like it. I like it at these prices. And again, I have my own methods for when I enter, which we will talk about next week. But if I do enter it and price drops again, that's fine. I will average down and get in at even cheaper prices. But what I will not do is miss this opportunity. I'm not going to sit there and say, wow, I really wish I would have bought that. And if price pulls back, I will make sure that I don't make the same mistake twice and then have price actually pull back. And then not do it. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, I told you, I took profit on my other positions, so I have the dry powder there, and these are the times when I use it. So for future reference, podcast episodes are going to be kind of like this. I'm either going to talk about opportunities that are potentially there, or I'm just going to simply tell you what I'm doing. You, as always, do your research and approach this however you like. This is just what I'm doing. Uh, do not copy what I do. I like the way Alex Becker says it. He says, if you copy me, I will short the shit out of these things all the way down to zero. Uh, Now, he nor I have the power to do anything like that. Uh, But as always, make your own decisions. You are responsible for your own decisions all the time. Um, And one final note of etiquette in the comments section. When I talk about cryptocurrencies, I already have to deal with more spam than usual. Um, but on top of that, uh, I'm glad you, a lot of you guys you know, respect my opinion on some of these things, but please don't ask me what I think about particular cryptos. The answer is very clear. Either it's already on the blog, and I'm in them, and I'm talking about them, 
or there's a good chance they're going to be profiled in a future episode. And I'm not going to reveal my thoughts on that early just because somebody asked. It's nothing personal, but this is why I'm not going to answer you. Um, So just sit back, be patient, and if it's significant enough, in my opinion, for me to talk about, I will certainly talk about it. Um, But rest assured that 95% of the time, I'm not really going to have an opinion on it one way or another. But Polkadot, I certainly do. And when price is at a deep discount and nobody's talking about it anymore, it is exactly when I'm looking to enter. Now, to a lot of cryptocurrencies investors, especially very inexperienced ones, this is going to seem crazy. But they can think that all they want. I'm glad I think differently than those people. Because we are certainly not crazy. We're just early.